0: setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Ebony Green is a speech language pathologist, private practitioner, school contracts queen, mom of two, and founder of the SLP Business Suite. she is a three-time guest on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast because she's amazing, and also because she has a lot to share about how she's transformed from private practitioner working out of her car to the CEO of several businesses. What you're about to hear is an amazing interview with Ebony that originally appeared on a Facebook Live in the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. Ebony and I have become good friends, and it's always great to have other SLP business buddies to support, cheer for, and share their resources with our community. So whether you're interested in school contracts, having a multi-location brick and mortar clinic, or just becoming a CEO, this episode is worth listening to and taking action on. Enjoy. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life, and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. All right, hello everyone. I am so excited to be here with Ebony Green. I'm going to let her introduce herself in a minute, but let's just say I'm a big fan and I have loved to watch you just grow your business over time. This is the third time that I'm interviewing you and sharing your story and your information and resources with our listeners. So Ebony, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about your companies.
1: Thanks, Jenna. Well, first and foremost, let me just say it is such an honor to be on your show as a three-peat guest. Um, I'm just really excited to be here tonight because it's been, I think, a couple years since uh, the last time we chatted on your podcast and so much has changed. So um, I'm excited to share all of the growth and um, some of the things that I talked about two years ago. I feel like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's going to be totally a different interview today just based on everything that's changed. But my name is Ebony Green. I'm a speech language pathologist um, and own a private practice in um, a small suburb outside of Phoenix, Arizona. I have a multidisciplinary practice and uh, we serve about 200 patients a week in schools um, or excuse me, in our clinic and in home. And we also serve students in schools uh, via school contracts. And we serve about 700 students in schools. Wow.
0: And just like you alluded to earlier. So Ebony was on my podcast when it was first getting started and then she was on it a second time for a Where Are They Now? episode because you had such tremendous growth in a short period of time and we were chatting and you're like Jenna can I can I come back on and share like my growth since then and so you're right it's been 2 years so you know can you tell people kind of how you got started in your private practice and then really what were some of the factors that led to your growth
1: absolutely well let me just tell you the real story behind why I was on there a second time the first episode I aired i think i i got to listen to the um the you know, before you aired it. So the edited version, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so nervous about this actually going live. I don't know if I want to be on the podcast. And so I contacted Jenna and asked her if I could rerecord it. And she's like, just do a second episode. Um, uh, cause so much has changed. So that's how I ended up being a two time guest on the show. Um, which was perfect. I mean, actually Jenna was right. There had been a lot of things that changed. I think it was within like three or four months. Um, but um, sorry, I, I kind of lost my train of thought there. So you wanted to know how I started in private practice yeah, um, so, how you started, and also how you grew so quickly. Yes. So um, my story actually started back in two th- 2019. I started my private practice out of my car. Um, I always wanted to start a private practice, always um, was someone who wanted to work for myself and be an entrepreneur. But um, to actually take the story all the way back. Um. I actually had started working in the schools uh, prior to starting my private practice. I thought I had landed my dream job. Um, I was working part time. So I was able to stay at home with my um, two year old and um, just be a mom, but also be an SLP and um, do, you know, do a job that I loved, which was um, working with students in the schools. I was a teacher before I became a speech language pathologist. And so I really thought I had found that dream job working at a school. It was close to my house. It was part time. But then um, my reality started to change. And I realized very quickly that the part-time job that I thought I had signed up for was actually a full-time job. Um, but the expectation was for me to do all of the work of a full-time job in three days. Um, so I was there three days a week. I had a caseload of about a hundred kids, and I was struggling to keep up with all of the demands. I had so much paperwork, I had meetings. Uh, we used to have stacked days, so we would have all of our meetings on one day. So in one day, I could have up to six IEP meetings. And um, it was just a lot. It was totally opposite of what I thought the job would be. Um, I wasn't getting much sleep. I was staying up till one o'clock in the morning doing paperwork. And I remember the last night that I stayed up till 1 a.m. Um, it was a Sunday night. I stayed up to finish everything so I could start my Monday fresh and you know somewhat caught up. And um after lunch I remember my principal called me to come up to the front office and she asked me to meet with her. So I went to meet with her and I was kind of wondering like did I like am I in trouble? What why am I having to meet with her? And she sat me down and said, "Ebony, we need to put you on a performance improvement plan." She said, "You are not keeping up with the paperwork. You're behind on your paperwork. We got to put you on a performance improvement plan." And I just remember feeling so defeated and like does this woman not know I've been staying up till one o'clock in the morning almost every weekend, right? And staying up till like 8.30 at night every night. And just after that experience, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I resigned um, on the spot. I told them, you know, I'm sorry, I cannot stay at this job. Um, I really love the school. I love the kids. But unfortunately, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. And they try to convince me to stay and you know, their their whole argument was, oh, we'll we'll, ke- we'll help you get caught up with the paperwork. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, but next year, you know, what's gonna happen? Like all these IEP meetings that I have, like six meetings a day, they're gonna become due again a year from now. And then I'm gonna, you know, go through this whole whole cycle all over again. So that um experience is what really um kind of put my desire to go into private practice. Um, yeah, it made it even stronger. And um, I put 100% of my focus into uh, building my private practice after that. And I just knew that I could never go back to that job. So I could not fail at private practice. Um, And I really didn't have any intention of returning to the school setting after that. You know, things were going well in my private practice. I was getting referrals. I got in a contract with the state. Um, I had hired therapists. Um, Things were going great. But then I had an experience with a biller um, that was not so great. I hired someone to do my billing and they convinced me that they knew what they were doing, that they had worked with companies like mine before and um, had an excellent track record. So I trusted them and I started noticing that none of my claims were getting paid and they were getting denied for very simple mistakes that were being made, like, you know, not putting the correct NPI number on things and I mean, things that a a biller should know. Right. And so I started to panic because I was not getting paid, but I had these therapists that I hired and I had to pay them. And so I thought to myself, I need to figure out another way to make money in my business, because if I'm not getting paid, these insurance claims are getting denied, then I can be out of business in like a few months because I don't have that much money saved up. Um, You know, and so i um I started thinking about ways to generate more income and I started teaching uh, baby sign language classes in my community. I um started partnering with um, local community centers and then I thought about school contracts and thought about I could probably um start working with school districts as um, an independent contractor and offer speech therapy services um and you know work on a contract basis. And the reason that I thought about this was actually because, the special education director, or the spe- sorry, the, uh, the school psychologist and I had spoken on my last day at the school. And she said to me, she said, Ebony, she said, you don't realize this, but you have a lot that you can offer this school, she said. And if you ever come back, do not come back as an employee, You come back as a contractor. And I didn't quite understand what she was talking about back then. But um, she said, you can be making $90 an hour for the job that you're doing right now and i was just like oh my gosh every time i tell this story i get emotional because it's like i was making probably like 20 dollars an hour when i was staying up till you know 1 2 in the morning working 60 hours a week um but anyway so decided i was going to research school contracts and figure out how i can you know go back into that setting as a contractor and be able to set my own rates and have more flexibility and spent numerous hours on google trying to figure this out and I eventually figured out how to get a contract, landed a couple of school contracts, and my business soared after that. That is how I was able to, in just a few months after I spoke to you the first time, have such tremendous growth. And um, here we are today. <laughs> um, 700 students later, um, you know, 30 therapists um, later, here we are. So.
0: I absolutely love it. I, first of all, I love stories of people who have like, struggled to figure, you know, just struggled, you know, and then figured something out, figured something out that worked for them, and then really experienced tremendous growth. And then I think it's also really cool when people like kind of take that knowledge and skill and help other people learn how to do it too. So, So we're going to talk about that in a second, but I have a couple more questions really quickly about school contracts, because I'm sure that there's some people who are listening who just don't quite understand how school contracts work. So could you give us like a bird's eye view of, you know, how the process works and and what really people are talking about when they're talking about school contracts?
1: Yeah. So when it comes to school contracts, I want you all to imagine, you know, working in a school setting without having to deal with some of the administrative red tape and some of the things that we have to deal with that are outside of our job description, whether it's doing bus duty, whether it's doing, um, you know, filling in as a sub. essentially you're going in as your own boss and you guys have to excuse me. I do have, (laughs) I do have a, a um, five-year-old who is eager to get more iPad time. So, um, let me, let me put this password in so I can get back to this interview. Um, so that's what uh, essentially a school contract position is. You're working for the school as your own entity. Um, there are pros and cons to becoming a school contractor. You know, one of the pros is that you have your, um, you make your own schedule. Um, Technically, I mean, you still have to go during school hours, but um, it's a little bit more flexible. Um, You set your own rate. And some of the cons is that, you know, it's, it's sometimes very difficult to get a contract, unless you really know who to talk to. And, you know, you have to have um, a certain set of skills to get a contract. Um, And that was what I struggled with initially was not knowing who to talk to not knowing where to find the contracts? Not knowing how to read some of the documents that um, you have to submit when you when you put your name in the in the hat for a school contract. Um, but um, essentially, you go in as your own entity. You can bring on your own team if you're um, a provider with multiple therapists, and there are multiple schools in that district that want your services. So in my case, um, I have a, a whole team. So I'm I'm kind of like an agency. Um, so to speak, where I have, you know, I think we have about 14 schools right now that we contract with. And I have therapists in all of those schools who work for my company. Um, but I am responsible for paying them. I'm responsible for um, making sure that um, the schools are staffed and that I have, you know, the therapists that I provide are are competent and they're um, high-performing therapists so that the the students get what they need. Um So in a nutshell, that's what it is. But you can even contract yourself on an individual level. You don't have to have a full team um, to get a school contract.
0: And I love that. And I think that's probably where most people get started, right, is they probably start by doing it themselves and then either stick with that model, knowing that they're getting paid more and don't have to deal with, you know, some of the BS that other people do. Right. Um, And then other people kind of take it to the next level which is what you've done and what, you know, lots of other SLPs and OTs do, which is like to really kind of subcontract out the the situation and have your own, you know, finances coming into your private practice and then you're paying people on your behalf of the company, right? Exactly. Yes. Okay, I love that. And I also love that it's just led to such tremendous growth for you and you were able to go back to the schools but in a different capacity and now you're, you know, in a very different capacity but I loved seeing too, you know, I follow you on Instagram and really quick while we're talking about Instagram, can you drop your handles so that people can follow you?
1: Yes. So I do have two Instagram pages. Um, the first page is at SLP contracts queen. That's kind of the first page that I started when I, um, when I started my online, um, presence and teaching school contracts and, um, really just, you know, creating content for SLPs who are interested in contracting. Um, and then most recently I started another account. Um, and that's for all things business um in in the SLP world, and that's at the SLP business underscore suite. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So, you know, one of the things
0: I really admire about you is I, you know, I follow you on Instagram and like there's times where I where like you're doing a lot of the filling in, right? Like you're still doing, you know, treatment and you're, you know, somebody can't make it, or if somebody's car breaks down or something like you know you'll be in your car racing to save the day yes. to do you know a bilingual evaluation or whatever it is you've got going,
1: yes, so as I mentioned, there are pros and cons to contracting um and I wouldn't say it's a con, but one thing that you do have to um recognize is that if you are um the prime contractor, meaning it's your contract, right, and you have subcontractors to go in and do the work if one of your subs does not show up they're still expecting someone to be there to provide those services um so as the as the prime contractor you know it's your responsibility to either find someone to fill in or you yourself will have to go and provide those services so there have been a, a few occasions in which i've had to drop everything i'm doing to go to a school to be a therapist for a day um because i don't have a therapist there whether it's you know because of illness or um i've had people quit you know some people have quit because um, for whatever reason, you know, personal reasons or health reasons. Um, but until I can find someone to fill in, I've had to sometimes go and, and be the therapist. Um, I've been a therapist in schools for, for numerous years. So it's not anything that's, you know, too challenging, or it's not something that I, I would never do, um, if I had to, because I love working in schools and I love, uh, providing therapy, uh, to the students. But, um, that's one of the realities of um, when you get to a certain level and you start to grow and add subcontractors, you know, sometimes you do have to step in. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that's, you know, just really cool,
0: right. Is to be able to see, you know, you, who are who are doing so well from a business perspective, but you know, every now and then you got to jump in and do it because, because someone yes. has to right? Yes. It's your company and it's, you know, your practice and your contract. And so you have to be, you know, the one to, to do it sometimes. So, you know, For people who are like listening to this interview and they're like, oh, my goodness, this is really interesting. But I am so scared about this. Like, I don't know anything about, you know, school contracts. Like, this is the first time I've heard about it or I've heard people talk about it, but I don't really know the deal. What are some things that you help people with in terms of learning how to do school contracts?
1: So I started teaching an online course called, um the school contracting masterclass. And I started teaching that class in 2020, because I realized that um, during the pandemic, you know, a lot of small businesses and private practices um, were having a lot of financial difficulties, um, and some even had to shut their doors permanently. Um, And at that time, I had just moved into my first clinic space. um, So I had just taken on a whole, you know, extra debt and overhead when I didn't have that Previously, because we used to just do home health, um, and so I was a little worried with you know the pandemic and um, less referrals. But um, what I actually discovered was that I was growing even more during the pandemic. I mean, we were making more money. I was hiring more therapists, and the reason why was because of my school contracts. Um, over, I would say, seventy five percent of my school contracts are for teletherapy services. And during the pandemic, there was such a need for teletherapy. We kept getting schools added on, um, you know, every month. It was like, can you add this school? Can you add that school? And of course, I'm going to say yes, you know, because I want to help the students. Um, Most of my contracts are in rural school districts where they really don't have any other therapists. Um, And so I started noticing that we were growing and our biggest year, um, you know, between the first year and the second year was during the pandemic. So um, it was, it was something that I felt like, wow, if only some of these practices had school contracts that had to shut their doors, they would have still been around. And so I started teaching this course. Um, It's a five week course. And I teach you everything you need to know from the marketing to um, how to, you know, position yourself and your business to, um, to be a candidate for a potential contract, even when you're, going against some of these big companies. I, I have a lot of therapists that come to me and they say, well, I, I noticed that you know some of these big companies have all the contracts in my state. And the only reason that's true is because they know the process. They've been through the process multiple times, so they know how to do it. But once you learn how to do it, you can compete with them. It's not about how big your company is. It's about you know how you position your company and the experience that you have um, and how you market that to the district.
0: Absolutely. And that's always about what it is, right, is to differentiate yourself and, just, you know, provide a great service. But to really to know how to do it, that's the hard part. Right. A lot of right. the stuff that that you teach and that I teach really isn't that hard if you no. know what to do. Right. And right. so, you know, that's one of the cool things that I've seen you expand your businesses is right. Like you have your practice, you have, you know, the school contracts. And now you're teaching other people how to do various business things as part of your like information companies. So, okay. So we talked a bit about the school contracts masterclass. Tell everyone about the business suite.
1: Yes. So I started the SLP business suite. Um, it was in 2021. So last year, um, my school contracts masterclass was way more successful than I ever thought it would be. Um, I didn't think That many people would be interested in school contracts, and um, so many people signed up. Um, And I think the reason behind that is really because you know it's unfortunate, but in the school sometimes it's just very stressful, right? You have so many things on your plate, um, and either we we conform to that kind of status quo of being the stress SLP in the school setting, or we decide you know what we're going to try something different. And so I think a lot of SLPs. Um, take the course because they either want to try something different um, and be you know, their own boss but still work in the schools, or they have a private practice and they're realizing that you know, they are kind of stifled in their growth. Um, one of the things in private practice that um, I realize is that it's really hard to fill certain time slots in the day. If you have a private practice that s- serves school-age children, you're only going to be able to get those 3 to 6 p.m. time slots filled usually um, and those will be, you know, the quickest to fill up, and then you're left trying to, you know, find someone to come in um, or that you can go see between eight and two thirty. Um, so anyway, I'm kind of getting off on a tangent here, but I started the uh, the SLP business suite because uh, the school contracts class was very successful, and then people started asking me about other uh, business courses and other things that um, other topics, you know, that they wanted to learn about. And so I thought, wow, it'd be really cool if I could, you know, provide these extra courses, um, but I need a platform for that. And also here's the other thing. When I started teaching online courses, I didn't know anything about content creation or digital products or how to teach anything online. I was a teacher in a traditional classroom before, and I knew that I had that skill set. but other than that, I didn't know anything about online content creation, but I did realize that there was a lot of people out there who were content creators and they try to help you learn how to do this stuff. But I had to Google and stumble upon them and, you know, hear about someone through someone else. And there wasn't like one platform that I could go to and learn about everybody's stuff. So I thought the SLP business suite would be great if there was one platform where all of the content creators who help SLPs in business had their stuff or had, you know, even if it's just a here's a free download or whatever. So that you know, oh, this person had a free download on the SLP business suite. Let me go see what else they offer. Right. And so that's kind of the idea behind that. Um, it has been, um, very challenging to manage, you know, my, my full-time job, which is running my private practice and this online platform, but it's still something that I I really am passionate about. And I think as I step more into the CEO role at my private practice, um, and I have a team that can really help continue to, to, you know, push my, my, um, business forward and, um, continue to grow my business, um, with me being involved, you know, less in the business and, and me working more on other projects like this, that it will, it will continue to grow and be successful. Um, but for now, you know, I have, um, I do have a few classes on there. I know, um, Jenna is going to be collaborating on a class soon, um, that we're going to offer on the platform. So that's what it, it is really. It's just, a way for us to kind of get all of the content creators to have something in one place. And then people can take what they need. Um, I'm teaching a class um, on Wednesday on how to start a teacher's pay teacher store, because that is another type of business you can start as a speech language pathologist. You don't have to go into private practice. Um, and I have a pers- I do have a, a teacher's pay teacher store. I actually started my teacher's pay teacher store back when I was a teacher. So um, I just want to share, you know, all of the business knowledge that I have and that others have like Jenna. Um, And, you know, there's so many of us out there, but um, I just think sometimes it's hard to find everyone's content. So uh, if you want to learn more about um, business or you're interested in entrepreneurship, um, then I highly recommend that you follow and um, we will continue to provide as much content as we can.
0: Awesome. And what, tell everyone again, what's the Instagram and, um, you know, the URL for the business suite.
1: So it's at the SLP business underscore suite. And this is how behind I am. I don't even have a website for it, (laughs) but if you go to my bio on the Instagram page, there is a link that will take you to the platform where all of the courses are. So I don't have like a direct URL, like the SLP business suite.com. But there is a link for all the courses that I have so far. Um, So go check that out.
0: Perfect. And one of the things that I think is really cool about this, too, is that there's actually, you know, I wouldn't say a lot of us, but a growing number of us SLPs who actually like have pretty successful businesses and Mm -hmm. are teaching other people, you know, what it is that we know how to do. Right. So I know that you mentioned, um, you know, that you're going to be teaching some things. We've got, you know, teachers pay teachers. Um, I think Lauren Hastings is going to do one on insurance, right? Or she has her own insurance class, but I think she's going to do one through you too. And there's, you know, there's other people, some people are selling, you know, t-shirts, other people are doing like stickers, people are doing, you know, all kinds of different things. And really diversifying your income is really, really important in terms of just having multiple streams of income. And, and, you know, Ebony and I are both examples of people who just kind of somehow have figured out through a lot of trial and error and time, how to, how to bring in income into our businesses and into our lives in, you know, a variety of ways. Right. Um, You know, I actually, I think I had a little teachers pay teachers store, which I, you know, got a little bit of money here and there, but like I had an Amazon store for a while. Like I've had all kinds of different things. Right. And one of the things that's, also interesting over time is you figure out what are the ones that are doing the best for you right what are the ones so you probably don't do a ton on your teachers pay teacher store anymore because when you compare it to your other streams of income i would imagine that it's you know significantly less right but you still have an opportunity to grow some of these other things right
1: yes yeah and i'm all for um multiple streams of of revenue um so that's why you know i started on teachers pay teachers. I was a teacher and I wanted to make some extra money. So I was already making everything. Why not upload it to this website and make some money? Um, and then I started making a lot of materials during the pandemic because I realized everyone's going to need resources if we're, everyone's going digital, right? We don't have digital resources readily available. Um, or at least not as much as we do, um, have print resources. And so I, I made a bunch of stuff and, um, that was my biggest teachers pay teachers, um, year in terms of sales, but you're right. I mean, it's, it's another stream of income and it's nice to have it. Um, but you know, you find out what works best for you when you put all your focus on that, but you never know, someone could be really successful at teachers pay teachers. And that could be their side hustle that turns into their full-time hustle. Um, if that's something that they really, you know, feel passionate about. That's right.
0: One of the things I just wanted to ask you about is, you know, um, the identity of a business owner, right? So you, you know, started off with the identity of a speech language pathologist and actually a teacher before that, right? Right. And so I think that that's one of the things that we can shift identities. But for anyone who's listening to this and they think like, well, okay, but Ebony can do it and like Jenna can do it, like, but I don't know, I'm just not a business person. What would you say to someone who just really struggles with the idea of them
1: running their own business? Um. I will say this, um, you know, for me, I always say this, your network, your network is your net worth, right? Your network is your net worth. And I think that was a quote by someone in a book that I read, but, um, it's a lesser known fact in the SLP world, but widely known in business that, you know, the people that you are around are the people that basically are a sum of who you are. And, um, I just think it's so important to surround yourself with people that are going to um, have that same thirst and that same passion for whatever it is that you want to accomplish as a business owner. And that's always been what has motivated me, even when I felt like I was not capable of running a business or that I didn't have the skills that, you know, successful business owners had. Uh, We all suffer from some form of imposter syndrome and we really have to, um, you know, be around people that are going to speak. Um, life into us that are going to motivate us um, and so I'm really intentional about, intentional about the people that I meet and the people that i um try to you know get um in my circle and um you know it's not a one way relationship. I also you know hope to inspire them and help them um, so I started talking you know to um other people who were entrepreneurs way before I started my own business, and that's really what put me in the right mindset of I can do this too, if this person can do it.
0: Yes, absolutely because that's where I think some people get shut down is like they they start to think like, well, she can do it, but I can't do it. But what I think the opposite, if I see someone who can do something, I think, well, if she can do it, I can do it too, right? right. And so rather than getting stuck in that like kind of comparison or feeling like, you know maybe, you know, the, the field is, you know, too full or like, there's no room for me or whatever. It's like, no, like she is proof that it's possible. So, you know, that's one of the whole reasons also, you know, why I have like my podcast, right. And why I do these videos with other, you know, successful private practitioners and business owners is because I want to show people that it is 100% possible to be a clinician, to be a helping people person and a business owner too.
1: Yes. And I see that, you know, a lot of times people will say, oh, the market is so saturated. There's so many people in my town that, you know, have a private practice. There's so many people that are starting telepractices. And that might be true to some degree, but there's only one you, right? And so what is it about you that's different? For me, it was, I'm a Black woman who's an SLP. I'd never met another Black SLP um, before I went to an ASHA convention, um, I think, and I think it was in LA. Um, But in my area, you know, there's not a lot of black SLPs. Um, I'm also bilingual. So being a black bilingual SLP um, was what made me different. And that is, you know, one of the things that I kept thinking about is, you know, I'm going to be able to serve people that feel like they can identify with me. um, Because, you know, there's not a lot of people like me in my area um, but it could be you know maybe you're really good at uh, working with um very young children you you focus um a lot of your professional learning and and skills on um how to serve the early intervention population or you're really good at AAC or feeding right so um think about what makes you different um and you know know that even if the market is saturated that there's not anyone that's exactly like you out there so You don't have to worry about, um, you know, not being able to have success in your private practice because there are other practice owners in your area.
0: Totally. And just because there's other practice owners doesn't mean that there's not a ton of kids and adults who are going without services and stuck on wait lists. Right. Like there is such need for our services. And I think, you know, coming out of the pandemic, there is going to be an even greater need for our services And so like, you know, I'm of the abundance mindset and I know, you know, that Ebony is too, like, there's a lot of people who need our help and they're waiting for you to find your courage and, you know, start a private practice, start offering contracts to schools so that kids in schools can get services, right? Start working with, you know, geriatric populations, like who have, you know, dementia or feeding issues, swallowing issues and who need therapy. Like we have a calling to help people, right? And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're moved by what Ebony and I are saying and are going to use us as proof that it is 100% possible for you to do this too, please get in touch with us so that we can, you know, help you, you know, get started, whether you want to go the private practice route, the school contracts route, the teachers pay teachers route,
1: whatever it is that you want to do,
0: there's opportunity and need for you to do it.
1: Absolutely. And I, and I really have to say this, Jenna, I think it also, you know, has a lot to do with your mindset. Um in 2021, you know, my company um had what celebrated its two year, yeah, we started in 19. So in 2021, um, we we celebrated our two year um anniversary. And um 2021 was my biggest year. It was it was a very um moment, uh momentous year or monumental year because I, I made a goal that I was going to make a million dollars in revenue um that year and I was able to accomplish that goal. Um thank you. Yes. It it was surreal to me but at the same time I knew that it was a goal that I would accomplish. Um at the end of the year in 2020 when I saw I grew by like 300% um, from you know year 1 to year 2 I was like okay, I'm ready. I'm I'm ready to, you know, get into the seven figure Uh, business owner category. And, um, it was a little intimidating because when I looked at some of the statistics, you know, a lot of, um, minority owned businesses, you know, they, they never get to seven figures in one year. Um, and so it was, it was a little bit daunting, but, um, I just kept thinking, you know, if I was able to grow by 300% during a pandemic, I can do this, you know? And so I, I put my mind to it. I, um, journaled i I manifested it um and it was literally a mindset. I had to learn you know that there were some things that I needed to change in my business. One of the things that i I learned during this process was that you know I had people that were working with me and that were in my circle um when I was a six figure business owner, and I wanted those people to grow with the company and to go with me to the top, you know and to keep growing. But I realized that, unfortunately, some of those people did not want to see me at the seven-figure business owner level. They wanted to. They wanted me to stay at the six-figure business owner level. So I had to um, make some, some difficult decisions. I had some growing pains that I had to go through. Um, but I was able to do it because I was focused and I was consistent and I did not let anything get in the way of this goal that I had set for myself. So yes, I did have to you know, really shift a lot of um, the the beliefs that I had before about, you know, I, I remember when I first started my company saying, oh, I, I never want to get too big. And it wasn't because I didn't want to get too big. It was because I was scared. I was afraid of, you know, being too successful and people looking at me differently. But in reality, um, I know that there's so many kids that I can help, right? If I don't limit myself to, I just want to stay small. I just want to have you know, a few therapists, and I don't want to get too big. Um, so so don't put yourself, you know, in a box if um, you know that you have a passion for helping. And for me, there's no limit on the number of kids that we can help. You know, there's absolutely no limit. So um, anyway, I, I, I feel like there was not even a question asked uh, when I started talking about this, but I just had to share that. It really does start with your mindset. Um, I also set a goal for myself. This is, totally off topic, but I just want to share this because I I feel like somebody needs to hear this. When I set my goals at the end of 2020, I also wrote down, you know, that I wanted to meet uh, one of my close business associates um, who lives in DC. And she and I talk every day. We met online. She has a very successful private practice. um, And we talk, like I said, pretty much every day. She's one of the people that I consider my business besties. Um, and and I can tell her anything about my business and she'll give me the best advice, you know, that she can. Um, so I put in my my goals that I wanted to meet her in person. Um, and she lives in D.C., so I thought, oh, I would have had to go visit her in D.C. one day. Um, you know, that was the plan for twenty twenty one. Well, out of nowhere, the opportunity presented itself for me to speak at the ASHA convention in D.C. in twenty twenty one. I was invited to be an invited speaker, um, to speak about school contracts and never thought, you know, I would ever speak at a NASA convention, even though that was a goal I'd always aspired to. Like one day I want to speak at a national convention. Um, but I got invited to, to speak in DC and I was like, oh my gosh, this manifestation stuff really does work. <laughs> I manifested going to meet my, you know, my business colleague, um, that I'd met and we You know, talked every day, but also another goal of mine, which was to speak at the Asha Convention. And it was really just because, you know, all of the goals that I set for myself, I'm someone who's, again, laser focused. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to, whatever I need to do to make this happen, I'm going to make it happen. And of course, I said yes to the opportunity because A, I wanted to speak at the Asha Convention for, I don't, since the first convention I went to. And B, I wanted to meet my friend in person. (laughs) So, Just wanted to share, um, you you know, dream big, um, really focus on your goals and don't let anything get in the way of, you know, whatever it is that you want to accomplish. Absolutely. And I'm so happy that you share that story because
0: I think, too, you know, there are people who need to hear that, right? There's definitely someone listening right now who needed to hear that story. And when you were talking about, you know, um, minorities, especially women becoming millionaires, it made me think of the book, uh, We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers, which I'm assuming that you've read. I love that book. Yes. All yes. Right. So, so, Anyone's listening who has not read this book, um, I highly, highly, highly recommend it um, in terms of being a business owner, but also just like money mindset issues, mindset issues related to business, related to uh, hiring help, related to protecting yourself legally. There's a lot of really good information in We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. So everyone should check out that book.
1: Absolutely. I love all of the advice that she shares. And like you said, being a minority woman who, you know, operates at a high level, who has a a net worth that's, you know, more than, I can't even tell you guys if my mom has ever made a million dollars in her whole life. And she was a single mom. Um, Probably not, not even a fraction of that, but um, go reading that book changed a lot of the the money mindsets that I had growing up, and I think it definitely has helped me you know continue to strive even even more absolutely awesome well, um we can go ahead and wrap up here, but can you also
0: share you know for people who want more information about your classes um where can they find out about you?
1: Yes, yeah, so um if you go to my instagram page on um at SLP Contracts Queen, there'll be a link, um, a link tree. You can click that link in my bio and you'll be able to um, see kind of the sign up page for my, uh, for my school contracts masterclass. Um, Also, you know, I saw that there's some questions in the chat, so I don't know if we want to answer those, but um, in regards to it being sold out right now, we're, we're not um, open for enrollment. We will be in a few weeks. So um, I recommend that you get on the wait list. And then as soon as enrollment opens, you'll get an email and um, you'll be able to sign up then. Yeah. Awesome. And Ebony does an incredible job. I have heard nothing but amazing things about her
0: program. I'm also a proud affiliate for her course and she just does a really, really good job. And, you know, the screenshots that she shares that shows, you know, the progress that people are making is absolutely incredible. So, you know, please, you know, sign up for her courses and, you know, learn from her because she's completely rocking it. If you can't already tell that, Um, so Ebony, like this was awesome. Do you think we'll do a fourth one? I think we should.
1: (laughs) I think so. I think we'll do a fourth one. Um, Sorry, I I apologize. I'm like trying to move my body, (laughs) Um, but Jenna, I know you're you. You have two boys, so I'm sure you get it. (laughs) I
0: so get it, right? We're also examples of working moms, right? Of moms that have. We both have two young kids too, and we're juggling you know, um, mom, wife, we're both, you know, married, we've got, you know, try got to spend some time with our spouses from time to time also, and like run these businesses. So, um, but yeah, please reach out to Ebony. She's a wealth of information and no doubt she'll be on the show again. And I also can't wait to be part of the business suite, the SLP business suite, and, um, get to know, um, some of the people through that program too.
1: Yes. So, um, thank you again, Jenna, for having me tonight. And, um, I hope that everyone here Um, follows me on Instagram, um, follow the SLP business suite, Jenna and I are going to be collaborating soon. And we have other um, classes that are planned with wonderful content creators um, that will help you learn how to make more money. Um, There are some questions, Jenna. So um, if we can take a quick moment, just give me one second and then I'll,
0: I'll
1: answer some of those. No problem. Okay. So um, while
0: Ebony is taking a quick little break here, we do have a couple of questions that came in when this was live on Facebook. So let's do, um, the first one here was from Cindy. She said, if you had a contract in a school district, does it restrict your ability to see clients from that same school district in your private practice?
1: That's a good question. And um, I'm gonna say typically, yes. If you have a contract with the school district, can you see them in your private practice? Um, most of the time, yes, especially if it's a public school. However, if it's a private school, there are a little bit um, they're a little bit less strict um, you know because that patient is probably paying you um, privately, even though you have a school contract with the private school. Um, the parent might be the one paying for services and so that puts a little bit um, less restrictions on whether you can see them in a clinic setting or at their home outside of school. OK, perfect. Um, and then
0: another question was, is there a way to convince schools to hire remotely as they can't even get therapists to come to the schools? There are so many students who are not being serviced because the schools aren't open to being remote at this point.
1: Um, so what I teach in my master class is, you know, to reach out to specific schools that, you know, may have difficulty with staffing, um, because those are going to be the schools that really need your services. And, um, if you're able to reach out to them and start a conversation, then I think it's, you know, it's a wonderful idea to present a different service delivery option and kind of convince them that even though this is going to be a remote, um, uh, service delivery option for your school, you know, this is still very, um, it's a very successful way for students to get services. Um, you know, it's proven, um, that it is just as good as in-person services and kind of explain that you know, the alternative of them not receiving therapy, um, is not going to be the best option, even if, you know, what you can provide is virtual. Um, what I also like to do when I work with remote school districts is, you know, I, I plan on, um, on going there at least, um, once a month, if it's somewhere within driving distance, if it's not, then I try to go, you know, every six months or once a year, just to be there in person and provide that support. Because a lot of times districts are reluctant to the, um, virtual model because they feel like they're not getting as much support. But if you're able to make yourself available to take, you know, a trip, like I said, once a month, if you're able to drive or once a quarter or once a year, um, it really does make a difference. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Those are fantastic questions.
0: And like, this is the beauty of having someone like Ebony to ask questions like this of in her course is because, you know, it, questions come up, right? These are things, you know, they say, uh, you don't know what you don't know, right? And so sometimes as you're learning different things, new questions pop up. And so, you know, what better opportunity to be able to ask, you know, her these kind of questions directly. Um, So um, as we start to wrap up, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would love to be able to share with our viewers?
1: Um no I think we covered everything Jenna you know I just want to again encourage um everyone to um you know think about what you know what are you passionate about if you're passionate about um working in the schools but maybe you had a bad experience think about other ways that you can um serve those students and um for me like I said it was I wanted to work with um students in the school setting but I didn't want to have that same experience that I had before so um I really wanted to partner with schools that needed someone um like myself who is passionate about um working in schools who had um you know a, a great um great skills to offer the school you know I had been a teacher before so that kind of gave me a little bit um more experience being in that educational setting and um learn how to market yourself and um partner with like I said partner with uh members of your community that could even help you um get your foot in the door. If, if that's something that you're, um, really looking towards, you know, before I got my contract, I was doing research. I was networking. I was doing a lot of things so that people would know about me and the services that I had to offer. Um, and then once that happened, um, I started to see, okay, people are actually interested in my offer. And, um, and that's how essentially I was able to kind of start, uh, contracting with schools. But, um, Another thing that I want to say is just um, invest in yourself as a business owner. Um, You know, you have wonderful um, content creators, people who have done the things that you want to do. Jenna, in private practice, you know, um, we have others who teach courses on insurance or whatever it is that you're interested in. Um, Invest in yourself and learn from those who have done the things that you want to do um, because they can get you there sometimes a lot quicker than, you know, you Googling it or um, just trying to figure it out on your own. Totally. And we just had another comment
0: come in from Jenny that said, everyone should take Ebony's course 100% on target. So thank uh, you so much, Jenny. Absolutely. So everyone reach out to Ebony. Her course, you know, will be opening for enrollment here pretty soon, you know, reach out to get on the waiting list, but otherwise, you know, make sure that you follow Ebony on Instagram. You know, it's a place where I learn, you know, I see her day to day, And you do also these really good talks sometimes, you know, when you're in the car or, you know, doing makeup or whatever, like I know you're a busy woman and you don't have time to do it at other times. So you're just doing it when you can. But, you know, we all appreciate you sharing your knowledge and providing this extra service to SLPs who are interested in, you know, school contracts, being a business
1: owner and any number of other things. Thanks so much, Jenna. And yeah, I I love sharing my day to day on Instagram. I want people to see that I'm a regular person, you know, I'm, there's nothing special about me. I didn't, you know, um, I don't have an MBA or anything. I, I just learned as I went, um, in, in business and I was passionate and I was consistent. Um, consistency is what got me to where I am today. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't know, but I, I teach myself how to do those things. And, um, my delivery is always consistent. So, um, Thank you again, Jenna, for having me on tonight. I hope to see some of you guys um, on social media or in my next course. Uh, The first day of class is going to be April 1st. So again, the uh, registration period will open very soon. So make sure you get on the wait list. Awesome. And again, thank you so much for being on the show, for sharing. your just a wealth of knowledge and
0: experience. And, you know, listeners, go follow Ebony, sign up for her programs and make the process of doing school contracts much, much easier for yourself as a result. So thank you everyone. And thank you, Ebony. And uh, we will definitely have you on for a fourth round, uh, one of these days. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Bye, Jenna. Bye. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. (laughs) And I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public
1: with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help
0: to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice.